friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, September the 8th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness. I wish you God's grace. Now, on this day, my friends, we celebrate the Nativity of Mary. Now, on Friday, September 8th, uh, it's the Nativity of Mary, the only other, well, that's not true. I was going to say the only other Nativity we celebrate is Jesus, of course, on December 25th, but that is not true either. We celebrate the Feast of uh, St. John the Baptist and his Nativity on uh, the 24th of June. But I also, um, on the Nativity of Mary, have to shout out not only was it Mary's birthday, it was my sister Mora's. So uh, happy birthday, Mora, to you on this day. Um, okay. So we're going to continue through Matthew's gospel. We're looking at the 20, the readings for the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Usually I read the first reading in the gospel because, as you know, those are chosen, the first reading to go along with the gospel. And it's an awesome first reading. But we're going to set it aside, not because of less awesomeness, but because Romans is just too good not to, uh, to read today. It's, it's Paul hitting it out of the park again. Remember when I went on the detour back at the end of Romans 8? Uh, you know, this would be another detour that I would have had to do if we uh, somehow didn't get to read it. So the readings for today will be the second reading, Romans 13, verses 8 to 10. So a quick one, but boy, it packs a punch, huh? And then we will go to the gospel. Now, if you remember correctly, we were for two weeks in Matthew 16. That's those very important readings uh, where Peter declares who Jesus is and then, of course, immediately wants to kind of control Jesus and, and defend, as I talked about last week, and, and make sure that he doesn't uh, you know, fall into harm's way. Uh, but now we're going to jump to chapter 18. So the gospel today will be Matthew 18, verses 15 to 20. And an interesting contrast to two weeks ago's gospel. I'll see if you catch it. But even if you don't, don't worry, because you know I'll point it out. As always, my friends, uh, I just invite you, however you need to do it, to settle yourself, to open yourself to the Word of God. Um, and, uh, and while you are listening, maybe you've heard this reading a hundred times, uh, and you know it by heart. And if you're like me, you just kind of let your mind wander. Invite you as best you can to stay present to the Word and what it's saying to us today because we change. The Word may not, but we change and we approach it in different ways. Allow it to speak to you how it needs to speak to you today because that is one of those ways, not the only way, but one of the ways God speaks to us. So open your mind, your heart, your being to where the Spirit of God needs to take this Word today. So with that, brothers and sisters, a reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be, are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no evil to the neighbor. Hence, love is the fulfillment of the law.
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So good, isn't it? Again, turn it off if you need to. Sit with what you just heard. Did God speak to you in a word, a phrase, an idea, an image? That's what I want you to sit with. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you. If two, or, if two of you agree on earth, about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a hard gospel, isn't it? That's a hard gospel. So let's start with the gospel, and then we'll, we'll work our way backwards as the Spirit sees fit here in the conversation. So, brothers and sisters, let today's gospel be exhibit A of why living as a disciple of Jesus Christ is not easy. If we think, listen, it's walking between the raindrops, or it's, it's being invited uh, to parties so I can see water made into wine, right? Or it's, it's days at the beach so I can see Jesus out on the boat preaching and I get to hang out in the sun. What this one reminds us to is, no, it's picking up your cross and it's walking with it and it's difficult because what we're talking about today is that, I mean, in a sense, we're talking about forgiveness, but, but not just as a mental process, We're talking what forgiveness looks like. So let's let's walk through it because Jesus gives us like a three-part approach, a four-part actually. Part one, okay, if you've got uh, angst or or a grievance or, or a frustration with your brother or sister, what do you do with it? You go to them and you share what that grievance is. I mean, the, the, the obvious is stated right there, right? Well, two obvious things. The first is we have to name that there's a problem. And oftentimes, I think we can just simply deny there's a problem or we can pretend there's not a problem. And we live in that dysfunction for a day, a week, a month, a year, our life. And, and we'll, yes, and we will. And, and, and every one of you knows that, that I'm telling the truth with this because we've been around dysfunctional relationships, dysfunctional families, where they live the lie 
Um, oh my gosh, if you've never read M. Scott Peck's book, People of a Lie, marvelous book. But again, that's what that's what we're talking about. We have to name there's a problem. And then part two, you know, knocking the head obvious, we go to the other person. Now, both of these are incredibly obvious, and both are perhaps the most difficult things to do in the world. We name the problem, and then we go and talk to the one with whom the problem um, has, has entered into this situation. I won't say it's their problem or any more than our, mine. But, but between us, that grievance lies. And, and gosh darn it, if I don't, you know, here I am in my 50s, right, thinking I've got this down, and how, how often do I act like I'm in junior high and will talk to everyone in the world about this problem before I go talk to this person? Again, maybe wanting people on my side or, or maybe because I want to just feel like, oh gosh, looking down on them for whatever reason. Or maybe because I'm afraid. Or maybe I just like the feel of gossip. But it's so easy to fall into that. And I'm not judging you if you do because I would only be, you know, pointing that finger back at myself. But that's what our God invites us to. If we are going to be disciples, because remember, this the first line here was Jesus said to his disciples. So he's not just talking to the 12 and say, oh, this is for their office and not for us. He's talking to all of us. And he's saying, listen, when conflict arises, as it will, name it, be honest about it, and then go to the person with which the conflict has arisen. And if that doesn't work, then Go to two or three trusted people and, and be as honest with them as you can about the situation, gaining their insight and maybe sometimes pointing the finger back at us and saying, but you need to own this and this and this. But then you approach that person using them, in a sense, as arbiters. And if that doesn't happen there, it's that Jesus says, go to the church. Now, here he does not mean go to the priest and tell the priest about it. And, and hey, you priest got to do something about it. That's not what he's saying at all. You can see where Jesus is going here. He's saying, go one, go to the one, then go to two or three others, then bring in the community of faith somehow. And I'm not sure exactly how to do this. I'm not sure it's practical today. Like, I'm going to go to a congregation and say, hey, Father, can I have a little homily time? I need to share something. I mean, clearly that's not it. But maybe if you're part of a small group at a church, well, of, of which this person is, you don't try to gang up, but you try to say, hey, am I, am I off base here? I think it's doing this with humility, right? It's not doing this as a power play, saying let's all do a you know, gang up. But, I mean, we see this, right, in, in interventions. I mean, again, AA does a, does a wonderful job of modeling some of this, of naming the problem. Of, of trying to enter into that one-on-one and, and eventually um, go into an intervention if that need be. And then finally says, listen, Jesus says, listen, if they don't even respond to this, treat them as a, a Gentile or a tax collector. Well, again, that doesn't say, well, then we get to go and just treat them however we want and, and excommunicate them and treat them as if they are, are below us or beneath us or, or whatever. That's not it at all, right? Because how did Jesus treat Gentiles as tax collectors? We need to treat them with love, continuing to invite, uh, you know, and yes, they may be on the fringes, 
because of whatever this grievance is or whatever is going on, but we constantly are looking for them. And, and again, the, the only reason I think this is true, what I'm saying to you, is then Jesus goes into saying, and this is the contrast, and I don't know if you heard it, in a, in a wonderful contrast. Remember, two weeks ago when we heard the gospel, Peter makes the proclamation of uh, you are the, the Christ, the Son of God. And, and Jesus says, you know, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. And, uh, you know, you will have the keys to the kingdom and what you bind on earth shall be bound in, in heaven and what you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Talking about that, uh, that office that, that Peter, I mean, that's the keys, what they represent, the office that Peter holds, what we now call the papacy, right? But now, now, he's not saying that belongs to Peter alone. He's looking at you and I and say, we have the ability. He's talking about forgiveness. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And again, I, I don't even want to try to pretend to, to know that I have the fullness of understanding of what Jesus is saying here and the fullness of what Jesus is saying when he says, listen, if any two of you agree on earth for which to pray, it's going to be granted. But he's asking for unity and he's asking for forgiveness. He's not asking us to be, hey, listen, I've got power here, and if I bind them on earth because I'm angry at them, that's going to be bound in heaven, and they're not going to be forgiven. I suspect, and again, this is a Joeism, so throw this out if this doesn't work. I suspect all he's saying here is, is, listen, if you bind something on earth in unforgiveness, the only one that is bound is yourself, not the other person, because I don't have that ability to bind them. Forgiveness is God's, ultimately. And what God is choosing to do is use us as vehicles for that forgiveness. If you don't believe me, listen to the next line. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Brothers and sisters, we have that enormous gift. I was going to say responsibility, but both are true. To be able to loose, to loosen the the binds which other people carry. And sometimes we're the one, the one that bound them up. In, in whatever way, you know, maybe it's how we talk to, uh, to them or about them behind their back. I don't know what it would be. Maybe we had nothing to do with the situation, but we get to remind them, you are loved and you are good, not just in when we're making the right decisions and saying the right things, but maybe even more so when we're not. And we get to set people free. Right? What were the words that Jesus said to the people when Lazarus came forth? Unbind him and set him free. Unbind them, my friends. Unbind them and set them free. We aren't just asked to do it. We are commanded. And how does that look? It looks like love. That's how it looks. So let's get back to Romans now. And, um, and brothers and sisters, even before I get to Romans... You know, Ezekiel's reading, and you're going to hear it this weekend, he basically says, listen, I'm appointing you, Ezekiel, watchman for this. And why would would they choose this to go along with the gospel? Because, brothers and sisters, God is appointing you and I to be watch people. (laughs) Can I use that? Watch women and men um, for those around us too. We are our brothers and sisters keepers. We are responsible for this forgiveness. And what does it look like? It looks like Paul's reading, which is so gorgeous. Oh, nothing to anyone except to love one another, period. Period, period, period. 
for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Gosh, I mean, isn't that great? Then he goes on to say, listen, those commandments, you shall not commit adultery, shall not kill, shall not steal, shall not covet, and whatever other commandment there, there may be, and there's a ton of them, right? There's a ton of them, we all know them. All those commandments, he says, they're summed up in that saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's how Jesus, when the, the Pharisees, scribes come to him, or, or the rich young ruler, whoever it is, and says, listen, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love one another as yourself. Or excuse me, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That sums up the law and the prophets. Jesus is saying it's all right there, and Paul's saying, yes, he's right. Everything is summed up, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, obviously, secondarily, and, and I won't even say secondarily, uh, in simultaneous action with our love of God, because we love God by loving our neighbor, right? James tells us that. <laughs> How can we be so foolish as to say we love God when we do not love our brother and sister whom we can see? For the one who says they love God whom they cannot see and doesn't love their brother and sister they can see is a liar. We are called to love, and in loving one another, we love God. Love does no evil to the neighbor, hence love is the fulfillment of the law. And love here is not a sentimental love. It's not a warm, cuddly feeling. Uh, it's not, you know, um, fireworks and, and nice violin music. Love looks like what Jesus invited us into in the gospel, right? Honesty, naming an issue, being brave and courageous and kind enough to be honest with one another, to loose, to loose people, to unbind them and set them free. Brothers and sisters, that's the love we're invited into. Nothing less than that. Be kind to yourself when we don't live up to that. But know then that we're invited into it in a new day uh, to try again. And we can't do this on our own, right? We can only do it with the one who is love itself, um, the one animating us and, uh, and moving through our minds and our mouths and our actions. Um, but we are watch people. We are watch people. And love is the fulfillment of the law. We can, we can hold the law for as long as we want, and, and not find love. But we know when we are loving, when we are forgiving, uh, we are living that law in every bit. In fact, it fulfills it. That's what Paul reminds us. I could go on and on, but I think you get the idea. So with that, my friends, let us continue forth with our uh, prayer. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third sorrowful mystery, the scourging at the pillar. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you and be well. I hope your week is filled with every good joy. Thanks for being with me today. Be well and God's peace.